Let's listen to this man. He got some good news for you. Hey, everybody. Gather near. The doctor's in the house. So lend him your ear. The things he can say might even make your day. He might even help your pain go away. The doctor is in the house. The doctor is in the house. Let the doctor know what's bothering you. I'm sure he can tell you just what to do. The doctor is in the house. Uh, good afternoon, everyone. Dr. Ron here, host of Dr. Ron Unfiltered, Uncensored in our fifth season. Thank you for listening. Thank you for giving us the time. We are uh, back again on a Saturday with more COVID uh, information. This program contains medical information. The medical information heard on this program is not advice and should not be treated as such. You are encouraged to confirm any information obtained from this program with other sources and review all information regarding any medical condition or treatment with your physician. And I do welcome you, ladies and gentlemen, with an attitude of gratitude. And I keep thinking about Helen Keller when she was so right when she said, alone we can do so little, together we can do so much. And this time of this so-called pandemic or plandemic or scamdemic, whatever you want to call it, where fear has been the primary emotion elicited by the mainstream media and the bureaucratic physicians, unelected people like Emperor Fauci that has thrown us into so much fear and, and keeps changing the information. Wear a mask, don't wear a mask hydroxychloroquine is good, hydroxychloroquine is not good. And now we have the, the vaccines. We have these vaccines. Are they safe? Are they not? You're going to have to make your own decision. But I want to remember, remind you what I've been saying now for the past couple of weeks. Ships don't sink because of the water around them. Ships sink because of the water that gets inside of them. So the moral, do not let what is happening around you get inside of you and weigh you down. 
Just really good advice. I wish I would have written it myself. Just a little recap. Remember that there are no excess deaths this year. John Hopkins University professor. Of course, they say they they uh, deleted that, but it is still true. Other people have come up with, with the same numbers. No excess deaths. In fact, in one state, there was only 36 flu cases. What happened to all the flu and the 64,000 deaths a year we were seeing from flu? Well, as you, you know, because you're smart, they were transferred over to COVID. And we talked about last week about the positive testing for COVID, that PCR test. It's absolutely worthless. If we didn't have the test, we would not have this fake pandemic. And Fauci has been found on video saying that the test, if cycled more than 17 times and definitely more than 25 times, is absolutely worthless. And what did the FDA recommend to labs to cycle this test 40 times? That's why it's 90% false positives. That's why the country of Portugal has outlawed the test. And that in Portugal, they said it's only valuable 3% of the time. Governor Ron DeSantis in Florida now states that labs must give you the cycle times, the th cycle thresholds, the CT, when you get a, a PCR test done. And the coronavirus forecasts are no better than the weather forecast, full of misinformation, a lot of high pressure, virtual virtue signaling, guilt tripping, patronizing, and, and miserable lying from our government. Our media should start reporting the number of children that go missing every day, the way they report COVID numbers. Maybe that would get people's attention. So, as I also have been saying, be a super spreader. Be a super spreader of love, light, truth, and gratitude. Okay, so even though this is Saturday and we do take calls, I have a lot of to get through in a short period of time, so I'm going to start. And... Um, with the corona fact sheet number nine is the vaccine safe so i'm going to be, be talking about articles in off guardian mercola green med info natural news uh, to get through this program because you know you're hearing all over the mainstream reassuring us that these new vaccines are safe well are they safe there are other experts in the field that have called for vaccine trials will be, to be put on halt to stop them, questioning the data. And are they safe? The real answer is we don't know. There was a meme sent to me of two rats. And one is saying to the other one, are you going to get vaccinated? And the other rat is saying, you're crazy. They haven't finished human trials yet. 
And that's where we are. We have not had trials. We've only had the vaccine tested on healthy individuals for two months. And people have died. People have had partial facial paralysis. And some have suffered allergic anaphylactic reactions. So in Great Britain, they're recommending the, vac the vaccine not be taken by anyone who suffers from allergies. They said it is essentially recommended that no one who is allergic to anything, that is food or medication, should have the jab. And remember, to be clear, as of December 10th, the vaccine either has never been tested or is not recommended for people under the 16 years of age, pregnant women, or women intending to become pregnant in the near future, people with serious comorbidities, people already taking other medications, people who have allergies. We do not know the, the reaction of this vaccine to the flu vaccine, which, which was recently administered to, to a lot of people. Because, you know, and, and I've been telling you, this was tested on fully grown, healthy individual adults. And we don't have enough time in the studies. We haven't done the studies long term to see what are the long term side effects and complications. It usually takes five to 10 years. I would have been happy to see two years worth of studies. Now, the vaccine companies have campaigned for and won total legal immunity in the UK, the US, and other nations around the world. In the event the vaccine does cause harm, Pfizer and the other producers are immune from civil liability. Which means that just like us, the producers themselves are well aware the new vaccine might not be safe and don't want a repeat of 2009 when a rushed out flu vaccine resulted in children suffering from long lifelong complications. So in one analysis, you have to say to yourself, do you feel safer taking an untested vaccine or risking getting a virus with a survival rate of over 99%? You know, um, children's health, defense.org children's health defense.org uh, good place to get some information it is uh, operated by uh, robert f kennedy jr and he's the one that called attention to polyethylene glycol and we'll get to that in a second but i wanted you to tell you about children's health defense.org all right so so the vaccine trials of Pfizer, they showed an alarming evidence of pathogenic priming. 
especially in older adults. So in this development of these vaccines, this, this, this researchers have found evidence of a serious problem. First of all, they vaccinated animals with the four most promising vaccines. At first, the experiment seemed successful as all the animals developed a robust antibody response to coronavirus. However, when the scientists exposed the vaccinated animals to the wild virus, to the real thing, the results were horrifying. Vaccinated animals suffered hyperimmune responses, including inflammation throughout their bodies, especially their lungs. And this is well known. A noted, noted scientist from Baylor, Dr. Hutz, testified before Congress about the dangers of exhilarating coronavirus vaccine development. He said, quote, the unique safety problem of coronavirus vaccines, unquote, was discovered 50 years ago while developing the respiratory syncytial virus vaccine. You might have heard of it as the RSV vaccine. Where people may actually get sicker than the disease itself when they're exposed to the real virus. So, this is a problem. Immune enhancement sounds good, right? But if it enhances too much, you have a, a hyper immune reaction and a cytokine storm. Maybe should be called disease enhancement because it appears to be caused by the initial path, the initial vaccine and then exposed to the real thing. So do you see where I'm going with this? There's still a lot of issues that we, we don't know about. And it has never been tested on elderly people with lots of comorbidities. And they're, they're going to be some of the first to receive this. And so what is a serious and what is a non-serious adverse reaction? If you, if you had an episode of Bell's palsy, which is a neuroinflammatory event or a thrombotic event, are they non-serious? And does that mean that over time you can get over them? Or can they develop into life-threatening conditions that will require continuous medical intervention and continuous office visits? These short-term studies exclude any way of us knowing that. So the studies were designed not to find these. Among, quote, among non-serious unsolicited adverse events, there was a numerical imbalance of four cases of Bell's palsy in the vaccine group compared to no cases in the placebo group. They explained that away as saying that even though they occurred in the vaccine group, 
we would expect that many people in, in the elderly population to get Bell's palsy anyway. So it did, they really didn't think it was a serious risk. So if you were 18 to 55, there were 370 serious adverse events in the vaccinated group and 73 in the unvaccinated group, right? 370 versus 73. 18% of the vaccinated group had serious adverse events. In the placebo group, 3%. So the way I look at it, Serious events can be expected at a rate of five times greater when you get the vaccine compared to if you didn't get the vaccine. And what did you, could you experience? Severe fatigue, headaches, chills, vomiting, diarrhea, muscle and joint pain. Are they instances of pathogenic priming? We don't know. Seems like it might be. In the over 55 group, a little bit smaller, there were 60 adverse, serious adverse effects in the, in the vaccinated group versus 24 in the unvaccinated group. So vaccinated group, 6.5% of them experienced adverse reactions compared to only 1.4% in the unvaccinated group. So again, we have like a 4.5% increased risk of serious adverse events because of the vaccination. However, in the older group, the vaccinated group was 10 times more likely to have these events, these serious adverse events, upon receipt of the second vaccine dose, which is a higher dosage. So, so you know, this is where you have to do some research on your own and see if you really want this jab. You want to take a chance for this pathogenic priming-induced disease enhancement. And then Dr. Anthony Fauci, the emperor, has informed the public that these vaccines do not, do not stop transmission. I thought that's why we want to take these vaccines. So we don't, we, it kills the virus. Sorry, Fauci's own words. These vaccines do not stop transmission. So what happens when these people get the real virus? We don't, we don't, we don't have long-term follow-up. Even Dr. Paul Offit, Children's Hospital of Philadelphia, he's been called Dr. Prophet. He does he never met a vaccine he didn't like. He's been warning us frantically about the unique and frightening dangers inherent in developing a coronavirus vaccine. He's he's been caught on tape saying that the new coronavirus vaccine could trigger lethal immune reactions. When vaccinated people come in contact with the wild, real virus. But these vaccines were fast-tracked anyway by Fauci and Gates with no critical animal studies. 
And so what did they say? We're not going to do any animal studies, but we're, we will not distribute these vaccines until the government agrees to indemnify everybody against lawsuits. So now the American taxpayer is going to be paying for any, any adverse reactions. So in the lead up to this show, I, I, I mentioned GMOs. You know, everybody does not want to have GMO corn, GMO cereals, genetically modified organisms. There was a great article on Natural News that said it is these vaccines cause irreversible genetic damage, a crime against humanity naturalnews.com what they said in natural news is is this for the first time in the history of vaccination the so-called last generation mrna that's messenger rna vaccines intervene directly in the genetic material of the patient and therefore alter the individual genetic material which represents Genetic manipulation, which has been forbidden and had been considered criminal. And as I said, this intervention can be compared to genetically manipulated food. And that's a, a controversial subject, I would say. People want this new type of vaccine, a vaccination which is problematic in terms of health, morality, ethics, and and really in terms of genetic damage that will be irreversible and probably irreparable. So a lot of times in the past, you know, alternative physicians, they, they would detoxify you, get rid of the toxins, get, get rid of the, the, the chemical drugs in your system. But once you get this vaccine and your DNA is altered, you, know, that, you can't be cured simply by removing toxins because you have a genetic defect like Down syndrome, like Kleinfelter syndrome, Turner syndrome, hemophilia, cystic fibrosis, go on and on and on. The genetic defect is forever. That genetic defect will be irreversible. In the opinion of the author who wrote this piece, these new vaccines represent a crime against humanity that has never been committed in such a big way in history. Dr. Wolfgang Woodard, W-O-D-A-R-G, an experienced doctor, said, in fact, this promising vaccine for the vast majority of people should be forbidden because it is genetic manipulation. This mRNA technology is experimental. 
21% of human guinea pigs experience serious adverse reactions. And that's a number that's been talked about all over uh, the news that is not censored by the mainstream media, Facebook, Twitter, et cetera. Remember that 21, 21%, it's going to be around for that's 21% of deaths of adverse reactions, probably going to, probably going to be with this vaccine forever. So I've talked about this messenger RNA vaccine. And the this messenger RNA is the ribonucleic acid that transfers its genetic code of the DNA of the cell nucleus to a ribosome in the cytoplasm. What does all that mean? This messenger RNA determines the order in which amino acids and a protein bind and mold and synthesize that protein. So does the virus exist? Of course it does. Does it have a cure? It definitely has a cure. Not the one that uh, the money and big pharma would have you, that they do work too, the remdesivir, but hydroxychloroquine, vitamin D, zinc, magnesium, ivermectin, the z pack Yeah, that has a cure. And there are good doctors out there that can can render treatment early. Just remember that 90-some percent of people that got on a, on a ventilator died, so you don't want to get on a ventilator. You know, there's steroids and whatever. It can be treated. You know, the WHO, and I'll talk to you about that in a little bit, they changed the, the term and the definition of pandemic. So is this a pandemic? Probably not with the classic definition. And this is a contagious virus. It's like the flu. It doesn't mean you're going to die. You just have to be appropriately treated, take the appropriate medication from the very first day, keep your immune, to strengthen your immune system, anti-inflammatory drugs, anti-influenza drugs, some things you can do by yourself. And if you're super clean, and have a superior interior that it, that means maintaining a high immune system. You can prevent this. Like other alternative physicians that I've spoken to, a lot are recommending ozone and chlorine dioxide with a preventative protocol. I think ozone we've talked about on the Dr. Ron Unfiltered Uncensored show uh, with prolozone. But you might want to do some investigation into chlorine dioxide. It's been super effective, but of course it's banned because it's not expensive. And asymptomatic people, they really don't spread this disease. And this virus was probably created. So please don't be afraid. Why? Because from the beginning, I've been telling you that fear diminishes your immune system and makes you mentally controllable. Is that part of the plan? I think so. To keep you in fear 24-7 on the boob tube. Nothing positive. Cases, cases, cases. And now we find out the PCR test is 90% false positive. So all those cases are not real cases. They're just positive tests. 
And as far as should you be vaccinated? Well, my opinion, which I, this is my personal opinion, not one that you have to take, but I think one you should investigate. I, th- I would say no. It's your body. It's my body. It's my right to decide. And is this virus going to change and mutate? Is it going to be that you need a vaccine every six months that could change other DNA? It's possible, huh? So these are the things I want you to think about. I really, uh, this is really important stuff. Operation Warp Speed. Wow. I'm not even going to get in today, but, you know, the FDA allows both human fetal cells and adult human tumor cells in vaccines. Pfizer and Moderna tested their mRNA vaccine using fetal cells, and there are no fetal cells, cell debris, or DNA in their final product. That's Pfizer and Moderna. But Johnson & Johnson, Janssen, Altimmune's COVID vaccines are manufactured in human fetal cell lines called PER-C6, and thus their final products will contain cellular debris and DNA fragments from these cells. These cells were harvested from the eyeball of an 18-week-old human fetus that was aborted in 1985. And why are they lasting so long? Because the researchers made them cancerous. AstraZeneca is using also a human fetal cell line. So their final product will contain cellular debris and DNA fragments from a fetal cell line that was harvested from the kidney of a female Dutch fetus legally aborted in 1973. And again, how do they immortalize these cells? They render them cancerous. And there are inherent risks of using immortalized cell lines for vaccine development. And one of the things they, lots of people are concerned about, especially Dr. Judy Mikovits, is that these vaccines that use aborted fetal cells can carry with them malignancy because these cells have the potential for growing tumors in laboratory animals. So do you want to take that chance? Do you want to take a biologic? The Merck vaccine is uh, manufactured in Vero monkey cells and therefore contains cellular debris and DNA fragments from Vero monkeys. The Synovi and Novarax COVID jabs are manufactured in insect cells thus contain insect cellular debris and DNA fragments. 
And it isn't new. For over 50 years, people have been worried about these type of injections causing cancer. And there are lots of great scientists that, that signed on to this paper. Because the researchers have noticed that when this you introduce DNA into a cell, it chooses a region of the cell that's going to give it a, a survival advantage, right? And these regions are most likely to produce long-living cancer cells. And as far as Dr. Desher is concerned, the FDA has never made any effort to test the safety of this practice or determine whether the epidemic of soft tissue cancers is a product of the vaccine. So say what you will about uh, the FDA, the, the corrupt vaccine approval panels or rubber stampers for big pharma. There's lots of conflict of interest that you can read about. About even one, one out of five voting members, employer had a $9 million contract for a rota virus vaccine. I mean, lots of money going around here. Pfizer's vaccine, what, $9 billion? All right, you get the idea. It's well-documented. You can search it. Uh, I'm not going to beat you up with that. So there's been a, then these allergic anaphylactory reactions, right? Because we learned on Wednesday that the Pfizer BioNet COVID-19 vaccine is not recommended for people with significant allergic reactions. After two adverse reactions, the French are wildly rejecting future vaccinations. Some of the French epidemiologists are recommending against this vaccine because they they are feeling that the mainstream and bureaucrats are creating a yes set. They're, 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 they're creating so much fear that they want to get you to say yes without even thinking about taking this shot. So there, there is a highly allergic reaction to this vaccine. And before I uh, get to um, uh, RFK's warning letter to the FDA, let's just summarize a little bit. So November 2020, Pfizer announces vaccine is more than 90% effective. One week later, Moderna which de designed his vaccine candidate in just two days, boasted a 94.5% effectiveness rating. Clinical trial data leave out critical inf crucial information, like I talked about last week, such as cycle threshold. That cycle threshold, we've talked about it. It's used for PCR testing. Whether cases had symptoms or not, how long the vaccine lasts if protective. So we don't know if they, prior to the vaccine, if they cycled it at 
30 or 40 and, and they got a positive test. And then after the vaccine, they cycled it at 17 to 20 to get a negative test. We don't know that. None of the trials that we have data on are designed to find out whether the vaccine reduces hospitalization rates or deaths. So isn't, isn't that why you'd want to get a shot? You don't want to go to the hospital. You don't want to die. But their endpoint, what they were measuring to see if they, to get that 90% effectiveness was whether it reduces symptoms if you do get infected. Moderna's vaccine will require 167 people to receive it to prevent one case of COVID-19. In Pfizer's vaccine, 256 people would have to receive it in order to prevent one case of COVID. And they didn't they were not transparent with their data. And they were not transparent with how long the vaccine lasts if it is truly effective. There are indications to suggest you may, may need to take this vaccine every three to six months in order for it to be effective. And the mathematicians have gone over these studies and it, you know it's not as rosy as, as the drug companies put out. There's still major safety questions, right? There's one physician who stresses he has yet to find a medical colleague who is willing to be among the first to take this experimental vaccine, most saying they want to review the safety data after a year or so before they'll even consider it. Why? They're concerned about this autoimmune side effects where, you know, you, you, you come in contact with the real virus and, that, and, it, and you die. And that could, may not appear for months after the vaccination. And none of the trials that are currently underway included immunocompromised volunteers. So we don't know the effect of these vaccines on people who have suppressed immune function. Totally unknown. And you know, there are about somewhere between 15 and 23 million Americans that have some form of autoimmune disease. And if this vaccine exacerbates autoimmune problems, the outcome could be devastating for a lot of people. So just to give you an idea of some side effects, first shot, chills, fever, body aches, headaches. There were two cases of transverse myelitis, though, inflammation of the spinal cord. The CDC, which is a private company that sells vaccines, warns that the vaccine side effects are no walk in the park. And Saeed Omer, director of Yale Institute for Global Health, has stressed the need for a broad-based outreach campaign to discuss the reality of these side effects. Because, he, because he's afraid that people won't, will not come back for the required second dose. 
Some people are even saying essential workers should be granted a three-day paid leave after they're vaccinated because they'll probably be too sick to work. Isn't that something? And now they're not going to call it serious adverse reactions. And I talked about this last week. They're going to change it to an immune response to get people reprogrammed. They're just playing with our mind. They've been playing with our mind from day one with all the fear mongering. This disease has not caused any excess deaths compared to last year. As they used to say on television, where's the beef? And they cannot tell you because they have no idea of what the long-term reactors are going to be. Now, in India, I could tell you, a participant in the trial is suing the company, claiming the vaccine caused serious neurological damage. And there is another vaccine out there that... um, and actually stopped, they stopped using it in Australia because it could increase your risk of getting HIV infection. Isn't that a good thing? Increase your risk of HIV. So you could have severe allergic reaction. You could have an increased risk of HIV. It could change your DNA make you a genetically modified organ transhuman. So you need to consider all of this before you say yes to the vaccine. And always weigh the benefits against the risks. Now, COVID-19 mortality, except for nursing homes, has a survival rate of 99.7%. If you're under 60, your chance of dying from the seasonal influenza is greater than your chance of dying from COVID-19. And as I have been saying, the data clearly shows that COVID-19 has not resulted in excess mortality. What does that mean? The same number of people who die in any given year on average have died this year of the pandemic. That includes the elderly. So keep these in mind when you go to make your decision and and check me out. Listen to other people. Don't listen just to Dr. Ron. And will this vaccine save lives? Who knows? Peter Doshi, who's the associate editor of the British Medical Journal, questions the effectiveness of this vaccine. Because he said these trials are not designed to tell us whether the vaccines will actually save lives. And if they don't, are they really worth the risks involved? You see, there's a lot that you're not getting on from the mainstream media. Of course, the distribution challenges with having, you know, minus 70 degrees Celsius, or that's 94 degrees below zero. You know, all this stuff is challenging. That's even something else, but we have no control over that at all. 
This mRNA is easily broken down, so it needs freezing temperatures to keep it stable. Definitely a challenge. Lots of side effects as I see it. You can check Children's Health Defense, funded by Robert F. Kennedy Jr. Vaccines hastily rushed to market for a pandemic that probably didn't occur. Is there a virus? Absolutely. So be informed, think globally, act locally. Very, very important, ladies and gentlemen. So before we close, geez, I didn't really talk about uh, the PEG, did I? Well, let's let's do that because this is important. Uh, this the the um, mRNA is wrapped in a lipid membrane, polyethylene glycol, and it's probably you know the reason I said earlier that uh, people in the UK suffered anaphylaxis after receiving Pfizer's COVID. But Robert F. Kennedy Jr. had warned the FDA in prior letter letters to them that they, they could be experiencing these type of reactions. I wanna find his letter so I can just briefly. So Reuters reported man, just a couple of days ago, if you remember, an investigation into the anaphylactic reactions identified as polyethylene glycol or PEG. And actually I, I did talk about this last week. So what is PEG? The ingredients like PEG, which we think might be responsible for the reactions are not related to things which can cause food allergy. Likewise, people with a known allergy to just one medicine should not be at risk according to the Imperial College. But it was also reported they use PEG to help stabilize the shot, but it is not another type of vaccines. So Moderna, Pfizer, therapeutics, vaccines have never utilized this mRNA technology designed to turn our body cells into viral protein-making factories. And again, this technology involves lipid nanoparticles. You may see the abbreviation LNP lipid nanoparticles. These nanoparticles encapsulate the mRNA to protect them from degradation and promote cellular uh, uptake. Remember, these have to be protected. That's why they're frozen. Though these formulations in the three COVID mRNA vaccines are PEG-lated, PEG-gelated, meaning the vaccine nanoparticles are coated with this synthetic, non-degradable, and increase controversial PEG. So in September 25th, Robert F. Kennedy Jr., Chairman and Chief Legal Counsel for Children's Health Defense notified Stephen Hahn, Director of the Food and Drug Administration, about this. He said, I am writing 
to you today regarding Moderna's mRNA vaccine and development that contains polyethylene glycol. The use of PEG in drugs and vaccines is increasingly controversial due to the well-documented incidence of adverse PEG-related immune reactions, including life-threatening anaphylaxis. Roughly 7 in 10 Americans may already be sensitized to PEG, 7 out of 10, 70%, which may result in reduced efficacy of the vaccine and an increase in adverse side effects. It is critical that the FDA's regulatory scrutiny of Moderna be beyond reproach since other manufacturers will look to Moderna as a role model for their own safety studies. So he's urging the FDA, take a look at this. He concludes, we ask you to order Moderna to immediately inform all trial participants of the risk for allergic reactions from PEG and to carefully monitor and publicly disclose allergic reactions potentially associated with PEG. And of course they wrote back and said, thank you. And and they recommended he reach out to Moderna directly. So PEG has been around for a while, and it has been documented to cause adverse reactions. And why they use it, well, it's beyond my pay grade. But we know we have to take a look at it. So before I sign off, I did do a little search, and I'll see if I can find it. Of all the drugs that we take, uh, oh my gosh, it didn't show up. See if I can find it again. All the drugs we take that uh, have PEG, and there's a ton of them. There really is a ton of them. Uh, Just give me a second. I'm sorry about that. I thought I had it, and it uh, came out blurry, so I cannot read it, but it's a long, long list. And it included, uh, you know, the statin drugs, uh, let's see if I can find it someplace else. Included, if I remember correctly, it included um, uh, proton pump inhibitors. It included uh, antibiotics, antifungals. Dementia drugs, oncology drugs, urological drugs, namely Viagra is on there, contains PEG. Metoprolol, diabetic drugs like glyparide. I mean, do you see? I mean, this is something we're gonna. I'm gonna have to be more specific with next week. But there's a lot of PEG that we are in contact with, and we don't even know it. And we, if we get signed up for this vaccine, it could, we could have a deadly allergic reaction, an anaphylactic reaction. That's more than just, you know, an, a, a hives or whatever. This is something that causes you trouble breathing and requires hospitalization. So should you refuse this vaccination? Well, that's gonna be your decision, ladies and gentlemen. We do have drugs to treat this disease. And remember, the vaccine developers have no liability. And I hope our, whoever pres- our 
president will be does not make it compulsory. The debt, the Danes rejected compulsory vaccination. You know, they had a huge uprising. Uh, then they won. So we had the nanoparticles coated with this PEG. We have tracing. You know, I talked about this luciferase enzyme. We're not hearing too much about it. But these nanoparticles could also include RFIDs, which is a way to uh, be able to know if you've been vaccinated or not. So just in instead of just giving you a vaccination, this thing will start to flor fluoresce when you pass uh, your smartphone over it. And we really, they haven't been transparent enough to tell us that that's in this new technology. Hasn't been talked a lot about. It's been out there. We know that the luciferase enzyme is is being can be used. So do you want that? Do you want to be transhuman? Do you want your DNA to change? Gosh, it seems seems an awful way to treat a disease with a 99.8% survival rate. And normally our own bodies can take care of this, you know. We we do have an immune system. We have an immune system. We have we have in the past have always reached herd immunity. But and the only way humanity overcame it was to hit this key threshold. And for a millennium, human bioorganisms, bioorganisms have responded to all epidemics, pandemics, and plagues the same way. After running their course throughout the affected population, eventually a significant number of people developed a natural immune response that renders the infection agent, pathogenic microorganisms, or disease trigger impotent. So eventually our own bodies take care of that care of it. That's called herd immunity. Our own body's defense, a superior interior, a superior interior takes care of it. We create our own antibodies and we neutralize the invader. It's a fundamental process. It occurs countless of times on an individual level and on a collective level. When enough people are exposed to the infection agent, a critical mass of individuals eventually develops all the antibodies necessary to prevent a recurrence. In this way, both symptomatic and asymptomatic folks play their vital role in spreading and or contracting the infection to the ultimate benefit of every inhabitant on planet Earth. The ultimate benefit, you got it, herd immunity. It's worked marvelously for thousands of years. So why now are they doing everything possible to prevent this? Why are they mandatory? Why are they mandating face masks? Why are they keeping us physically distanced? Why are they locking us down and sheltering us in place? 
lengthy quarantines, school closures, arbitrary curfews, business closures, retail store costs. Don't even get me started about the economics of this. One-way aisles, cancel holidays, cancel family parties, cancel gatherings, stay-at-home orders, travel restrictions. You can't see your loved one in a nursing home or a hospital. You can't attend your religion, your worship, whatever that is, your curtailment of this religious activity. Halt your wedding. You can't even give a loved one a, a decent funeral. Restaurant closures, discontinuing of sports events, concerts, theaters, suspension of cruise lines, airline travel restrictions, national lockdowns. Each one of these control measures and governmental orders are explicitly designed to keep people apart. And if we all are separated from one another, the natural process of herd immunity is substantially slowed down, making the pandemic much longer and more deadly. So you see why they have all these, these restrictions is to prevent herd immunity, in my opinion. We need to reach that herd immunity and we don't need the vaccine, especially this one. In my opinion, I'm, I, I want you to make your own opinion, your own mind up. I want you to weigh the, the, the good against the bad, the risks against the benefits. Herd immunity. Just keep that in mind when you talk about this vaccine and everything that the government is doing, except here in Florida. I am very fortunate to have a great governor, Ron DeSantis, who is letting us have a pretty normal life. But you know what? The people in Florida, however, are so fearful. They're watching television. I mean, I, I'm on a golf course at three holes away and somebody looking at me and they're reaching in their pocket to put their mask on. I see people on boats out in the Gulf of Mexico, the only one out there wearing a mask. So the operation, the psychological operation is working, I'm sorry to say. It is working. It's making a lot of people sick and decreasing their immunity. Remember, I have been telling you for months that socializing is the number one thing to get your immune system going. It's the number one uh, characteristic of, of centenarians. Socialization beats out smoking, obesity, drinking. Socialization is so important. So that's what they're going to try and do to us and then hold out. Well, we'll get you back to normal. Well, the old normal, I'm afraid, isn't going to be coming because they're, they will have another COVID and another carrot out there that we'll have to go chasing. So my feeling is we should be trying for herd immunity and not for global vaccination. And... Um, 
we have to see where that's going to go. So ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining me. A um, little bit long-winded today, but you know, vac this vaccine is really critical. And the, the, the trial now is going on now. I mean, the people that, are, that have signed up to get this are the ones that are the trial. They are the phase three that's usually, you know, animals before humans. We really won't know for, in my opinion, for a year or so because it's all new, especially with now that we know about the, the lipid nanoparticles that coat this mRNA and that now we know it can change your DNA. Scary uh, times we're living in. Scary times if you're young and have a job and have a family to raise or have a business, especially in, in states where I, like I, where I came from, Pennsylvania. I mean, there's nothing happening in that state. Businesses are going out of are going out of business, restaurants especially. For a disease that has a 99.98% survival rate. Well, you figure it out, ladies and gentlemen. Look, I, I look, I really appreciate you listening. Podbean has been great for, for this podcast. I used to be on another channel, but this I love having the new listeners. Please follow me. I uh, will be talking. On the next couple of weeks, uh, because of the holidays, on just briefer shows on anything new uh, that uh, we find out about the vaccines or the virus. And then I want to start having some programs on the red light therapy, ozone therapy, uh, probiotics, uh, nutrient drug interactions. I mean, uh, you know, we everybody's now taking vitamins, and I do hope you're taking vitamin D and listen to my vitamin D show. Uh, really important D3. Uh, but, you know, there could be something you're eating or other or drugs that you're taking that could interfere with your uh, supplements. So we want to talk about that. We do have a, a real good expert. He was on last year. We'll bring him back, Dr. Pelton. And um, so that's it. So, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening. Have a super blessed weekend. And we'll have Freddie take us to the end. And Freddie, Freddie is a dear friend of mine and wrote this song just for me. So, ladies and gentlemen, have a great weekend. Ciao. Hey, everybody. Dr. Ron's finished for the day. I hope you got some good wisdom for what the man had to say. And it's all about good health. He's the man you got to see. He has a lot more answers for you. So tune in next week when the doctor is in the house. Or when the doctor is in the house And let the doctor know what's bothering you When the doctor is in the house The doctor is in the house The doctor is in the house And let the doctor know what's bothering you I'm sure he can tell you just what to do the doctor is in the house the doctor is in the house let the doctor know what's bothering you when the doctor is in the house so if you have a pain call the doctor and if you have a strain 
call the doctor and let the doctor know what's bothering you when the doctor is in the house the doctor is in the house see you next week <laughs>